Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. My dad works in B2B marketing. He came by my school for career day and said he was a big ROAS man. Then he told everyone how much he loved calculating his return on ad spend. My friends still laugh at me to this day. Not everyone gets B2B, but with LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people who do. Get $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. You're listening to Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, the show that takes a look at pop culture, tech, media, because in the end, everything is an ad. Hello, I'm Shannon Miller, the creative and inclusion editor here at Adweek. Joining me today, as per usual, is my lovely, lovely co-host, Luz Corona, our community editor. Luz, how are you today? I'm good, Shannon. How are you? I'm I'm very uh, upset that I can't be there in the New York office to hug you right now, but I'm excited that you're in town at least. Yeah, this t- this timing is annoying for everyone at home. Um, typically, I am live from Florida. This week, I am in the New York office um, with all of my wonderful colleagues, except Luz, who is stuck at home for a very good, lovely reason. So... Yeah. Next time, next time next. I'm in time, next time. I'm in town. We have to lovingly force her to come all the way out to the city to hang out with me. But I do get the privilege of having some face-to-face time with one of our biggest Adweek stars. She is one of our prize agency reporters, our Gen Z uh, our Gen Z expert and a favorite around these parts, Emmy Lederman. Emmy, so good to have you back. I had no idea I was a favorite. This is news to me. Um, but thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Emmy, you have to know by now that you are a crowd favorite. Well, yeah. I call Al and many other people my interns constantly, and I don't think it's very appreciated. So I feel like that brings my ranks as a favorite, just like down. Okay, but, but where's the lie? Where's the lie? Where's the lie? <laughs> Everyone's so- normalize calling everyone your intern, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> we love Al. He's a treasured part of the <laughs> of the ad week and the yeah, that's probably an ad team. I just want to throw that in. Um mm-hmm. since he's responsible for making us sound good and we, we don't want to tip that scale. Um <laughs> But it is such a joy to have you here with us today. We have some really important stuff to talk about. Every once in a while, we like to do um, a sort of culture check-in with 
the ad industry at large, we talk a lot about the importance of prioritizing mental health, especially in these times when the line between work and home is so heavily blurred. I actually am unclear as to when and if we will ever shift back to these clear, clear boundaries, just because the work in office model is so, now it's kind of outdated, yeah? We're talking about sort of the hybrid model and sort of the benefits of working from home. But with that, that line is super blurred and our mental health is taking a serious, serious toll. Um, and now it's a really rocky time, of course, with all the layoffs, with a recession, um, you know, right there within our fingertips. Now more than ever is a time to really get a grasp of how agencies and brands can move forward to make sure that everybody is in a comfortable, safe space to work and also you know, are able to find those moments of separation that are so desperately needed. And we bring Emmy here today because she is such a vocal advocate of healthy mental health relations within and outside of advertising. And I want to start, Emmy, by gently combing through your Twitter account. <laughs> Sorry, that sounds <laughs> super ominous. <laughs> and so we bring Emmy on today because she is such a vocal mental health advocate, both within and outside of advertising. And I want to start with you, Emmy, by just gently, very lovingly combing through your Twitter account, um, just because there was one tweet that I really thought hit the nail on the head. And this was back in March. Um, you tweeted, all these mental health camp campaigns coming from brands feel like the latest page in the performative activism playbook, preaching wellness as a marketing tactic while remaining lukewarm about supporting neurodiverse employees. is just not sitting right with me. And I can't think of a more apt statement of like sort of the dangers of sort of leaning in to these conversations from a marketing or brand perspective. There's a way to do it and there's a way not to do it. I know that this was just back in March um, and we're only in August, but have you seen any changes in this respect? Um, are there any brands or agencies that you feel like are responding positive to, positively to the need for increased mental health awareness? So I wrote a story about this in March, or not in March, back in October, and I thought it was really important for agency leaders to realize that unless they take the action in being really vocal and honest about their mental health, no one else is going to feel like they can. Unless they set the precedent that it's okay to leave work at 5 or 5.30 and don't just say to their employees, like, oh, you can leave whenever you want because at the end of the day, people are going to follow what their bosses are doing. Um, so I think it's important, and I've seen a lot of agencies do this where they talk about really um, mirroring or, or wanting people to mirror their own actions as leaders, which I think is important. But at the same time, I do believe there's a lot of campaigns out there that talk about mental health and you don't necessarily know if the people behind those campaigns, whether it be people that work in production or people that are copywriters or art directors, if they're actually kind of reaping the benefits of these mental health 
support structures. So I think it's really hard to tell unless you're actually inside of the agency. But from my perspective, I think most work culture these days can kind of blur the lines between life and professional, you know, endeavors. So it's it's difficult to say, but I think that everyone could do better in supporting their employees' mental health. And when you talk about really vocalizing what you're going through, uh, I don't think that people realize just how much a simple post or just a simple tweet can really open the floodgates for really honest conversation about the state of mental health and their industry. Just seeing one person being able to speak out, like Emmy said, is really integral to sort of pushing the conversation forward. And we're seeing a little bit more of that, um, not just through our editorial process, but through LinkedIn, through Twitter. We're seeing a lot of um, folks across the spectrum of our industry speak out a little more. Luz, are you seeing that from your end as well? Yeah, absolutely. Especially in our, our voice pieces. You know, we've had this a really great uh, set of pieces come from Naomi Duckworth, um, who is from the agency MH. She's a creative there. Uh, And she wrote a piece about being bipolar. And as a creative, this can really, you know, take a toll on your process and your work um, and just opens up about what it's like and gives great advice on what to do if you're dealing with the mental health issues, such as being bipolar or something else you're going through. And then recently, uh, she came out with a piece on how to be a mental health ally, especially in this era of mass layoffs. And it really goes into kind of what you were saying, Emmy, like in, especially in agency world, um, it has to come from the top down. But also just kind of in terms of people who aren't in leadership, they can just let other people know that they are there, you know, just normalizing these conversations, which I think we've seen a lot more in the past year or so. Um, and I, I thought a great example was and this ties into what you were just saying, Shannon, they, Naomi said that she has a colleague that, you know, just says in the Slack channel, whenever there's like a triggering moment or something going on in the outside world, or even just any kind of big moment that could trigger emotions, he just says, I'm here if anyone wants to talk. Even people hearing that, I think, can make such a big difference because you're normalizing a discussion, you're putting it in the Slack channel for everyone to see, and then just people know that they, you are there if they need to someone to talk to. Definitely. I think the big question here then is once you vocalize, once you do like the hard part of really acknowledging what you're going through, because that's not easy no matter how safe the space is, once you you do that, what's next? Like what is the next step after an employee says, hey, this is something that I am going through? I'm really interested in hearing your perspective on this, Emmy, both as a reporter and just as a person who has to navigate the professional space? I think that it's a really difficult question because it's not necessarily ever one size fits all. I think that, you know, the law is that if you struggle with mental health, health, your boss is supposed to give you reasonable accommodation. But that's so difficult to define. Like, how are we establishing reasonable accommodation? What exactly does reasonable accommodation mean? But I think that it has to be a very um, personalized process. If that means that someone needs to leave their office at or leave their desk at 12 to go to yoga every day, 
and they need to work a little bit later just so they can kind of get their energy flowing a little bit more, that's something that could should be accommodated. If someone needs to leave at four to go to therapy a few times a week or once a week, that's something that should be accommodated. Even for you know, I'm not a parent, thankfully, you know, I'm 22. So I'm a, I'm a little early for that. <laughs> but um, I um, think that for working parents and, and mental health, um, it's really important to give them the structures where if they have a little bit more on their plate, um, and they have to obviously think about childcare, mental health and childcare is something that I think needs to be discussed more, especially when you have young kids. Um, so to answer your question, I think that you have to have these honest conversations with your bosses and not everyone is thankful enough or not everyone is lucky enough to be able to feel so open about that. But I think people also need to know what their rights are and what they're entitled to. Yeah, I think that that point of like really solidifying what reasonable accommodations are is like a key factor. I won't name them by name, but there was one previous employer um, that I had eons and eons ago where, you know, I mentioned that I was having um, difficulty navigating the day due to a depressive episode and uh, due to, like, heightened anxiety. And the response to that was, oh, that must be terrible. I'm so sorry. Feel free to take, like, a 20-minute break instead of a 15-minute break, which... <laughs> Like, in their mind, I was like, dope, those five minutes are going to do so, so much for me. (laughs) But, like, I could not go home, which was, like, even that, even just the act of, like, hey, I just can't be in this office anymore. Even that won't necessarily be enough because it's not like if you're going through, like, a deeply entrenched um, mental health episode or mental health struggle, it's not like – necessarily going home is going to erase that like for a day like what are the accommodations what are the resources available to me as an employee so that like I can come back and you know actually do my job in a better state and when we're talking about like creative careers I think that the outside assumption is that we are all just innately attuned Mm -hmm. to what we need as creatives. But as we know, that's not necessarily the case, especially in the advertising and agency world, which is really intense. Um, and so I'm, I'm just glad that we mentioned that that one-size-fits-all approach is is not going to work. Like, Luz, do you feel like you're seeing the tide shift at all in that respect? Like, our agencies starting to respond at all you know i think agent some most agencies are starting to respond you know we we um and i'm sorry i'm blanking on this but we had a women trailblazer who um she was on the list she hired a a full-time therapist for her team especially during these trying times just acknowledging the need of her employees across as a whole um i think that we are being a little more honest with ourselves too you know We've recently had some great pieces from creatives like Zena Coda at 2K and then um, even had a piece from Nicole Tabak um, just about protecting your mental health as a marketer itself. Right. So every day, you know, we're expected to marketers are expected to go in and produce the best work, be creative, get the juices flowing, how to reach consumers, you know, and if you're going through something, it can be really difficult. So I think 
um, you know, people being honest with themselves and then they're able to be honest with others. I, I'm seeing a little bit more of that, which when I was in agency world a couple of years ago, like forget about it. I felt like it was non-existent. It was almost like I had to denumb myself from after I got out of agency world because you just learned to just like, um, okay, be quiet and do the work because no one wants to hear it because everybody else is swamped, you know? And um, and it, it's it's just not like, it's not a long, it's not conducive. Um, but now I'm seeing a shift that at least people are talking about it more and it's causing to change. I think also, um, Shannon, I can very much relate to you in terms of um, struggling with depressive episodes. I kind of am in the crux of one as we speak, which I think is important to talk about because I want people to know that it's very real and it's something that affects your day to day because at work, because if you're in that state of mind, all you're really thinking about is getting through the day. And the last thing that you want to be thinking about is like checking in with your boss and you know, doing these, these daily tasks that are just feel so pointless when you're kind of just struggling to, to just protect your mental health. Um, So that goes back to our point about having a, a approach that's not necessarily one size fits all. Um, And I think that Naomi Duckworth in her piece, sorry, this was late, I was depressed. um, She, there's a quote that she says, the meanest trick of depression is that when you feel, when you need support the most, it feels like there are a million reasons to isolate yourself. And even just starting the conversation and saying, having someone in the, in the, um, C-suite being like, I have to go take my daughter to therapy. I am on going to the psychiatrist. I am taking a walk and signing off for an hour, 45 minutes or something uh, really goes a long way. I think more than people really expect it to. For sure. And Emmy, I connected with that same line. Um, And, you know, we actually saw a lot of people online on social media and just getting a lot of emails in response to that and the whole piece. Um, So I think it resonated with a lot of people. So Emmy, let me ask you, since thank you so much for being open, you know, that you're going through something now and even normalizing the conversation. Um, What are a few things that you feel like have worked in terms of receiving support, like receiving like you, you know, and just feeling like you can be open about going through something and, and, you know, that you'll be back to do your best work. Like, what are some things that you've seen from colleagues or even friends or family that have been able to provide you with support and make you feel at least heard and understood? Um, So I think that one campaign that actually relates to my own depression that we covered recently in Adweek, um, it was a campaign from a health promotion agency in New Zealand. Um, In New Zealand, and it was in partnership with FCB agency, and New Zealand has the highest suicide rates in the world. So obviously, this is like a very pressing issue for them. Um, And it was called like, is something about just doing nothing with people that are depressed. Sometimes you have this expectation that you need to like, take them out of the house and get, you know, do all these extravagant things, go out for dinner, do, you know, push them out of their comfort zone. But Sometimes the first thing that someone who's depressed needs is just comfort and they need to be able to lay in bed for a little while and they need to be able to reset and just feel, there's no other way to describe it, but comfortable in that moment. Um, and friends, it does. it's not always helpful, at least for me, for friends to be like pushing me to um, – do things that I'm not necessarily in the headspace to do just because they think I'm gonna, they're going to like pull me out of it. 
Um, another anecdote is like, I was really depressed this year on my birthday or last year on my birthday. And I, I felt really bad about it. Cause it's like, it's my birthday. I'm supposed to be having a great time, but I'm not having a great time. I think that's another reason why people get so depressed during the holidays. Cause there's this expectation that everything is supposed to be great and joyful. And I couldn't get out of bed. And I had a friend that just came and sat with me and we just watched YouTube and that was my birthday. And I was so thankful for that. It literally makes me teary-eyed because it's like that's all people that are depressed need. They just need people to meet them where they are. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be. To be. It's so, so vital to sort of like have that capacity to understand that you don't have to come with the perfect answer whenever you are facing a friend or an employee who is dealing with something mentally. And I loved that campaign too, because it came across at first as like a clickbait, but it wasn't. It's, I don't, it really brought to light that the act of just doing nothing, the act of sort of just serving as active support and saying like, this space is safe when you, if you do feel like talking about it further or taking action, but right now we are okay doing nothing and just sort of detaching just a little bit is really, really vital um, for those of us who do navigate this daily. And I think it helps not only brands and agencies for us to have these conversations openly, but I think that there is a way to improve agency and client relations when we talk about like sort of the human aspect of the work and saying like we understand that deadlines are important. We understand that meeting expectations is very important. Is there a way to provide some wiggle room so that in the event that this person can't provide that deliverable today because they are dealing with something very specific and very um, impactful. Is there wiggle room for us to satisfy this uh, project or this campaign so that we can allow that person to heal? 
sufficiently before they return to work. Just having these conversations so that everyone knows how pervasive this is, so that it's not like, oh, this is this person's problem. No, we're we're all probably dealing with it at some level. Um, so let's create an infrastructure that supports that so that if people need to step away, they have that breathing room to do so. Because that's been like the biggest challenge too, and not just advertising, but in our industry that's adjacent to it, in journalism, like having to do the thing even though the big deadline is due. And I can say that at least from my environment, I am so thankful to work where I work so that when I say like, I just can't do it, there are enough understanding people around me to go, okay, let's figure out a plan B. And just having that is so necessary. And I think that, you know, just our our industry would benefit from adopting that model upfront before it gets to a point where someone has to say, okay, we have this deadline. What can I do? Um, so I think that that's just one way to to head into a better direction. Um, but whatever, I know, I'm just a reporter. Um, so. um, <laughs> no, no, Shannon, I think you're totally right. And sorry, I mean, I, I know you were about to say, but, I, you know, just the infrastructure point, um, really, you're so right about that. And one organization that just popped into my head, um, and they're kind of changing just the state of the workplace is We Are Rosie, um, created by Stephanie Nadi Olson. And it's all about... <clears throat> They, you know, hire freelancers and they protect their freelancers. They give them, you know, the benefits and assistance and support and resources. Um, And, you know, sometimes the corporate structure just isn't for you. And I say sometimes very lightly because I know, (laughs) you know, like it can it can really take a toll. I don't know who it is really besides the wolves of Wall Street. But, um, you know, corporate can really take a toll. And if you realize that that kind of infrastructure doesn't work for you. Like an organization like We Are Rosie, where they're literally making it up as they go, they're kind of setting a new standard because you don't really see something like this, um, where they give people the freedom and the flexibility to do the work. um, And they also have the the flexibility to kind of deal with stuff on their own if they're not able to take on the next project and they need a minute in between. Um, So it's interesting to kind of take a look at those organizations and their internal models just to see where where that's going and how that'll benefit marketers in the future. I think that um, it's important to realize the damage of corporate structures and how it's really not feasible to expect someone who's struggling with mental health to be on nine to five all the time um, because their mental clock kind of just works differently. And um, one thing that I found interesting um, was, you know, I look up depression and anxiety tips on TikTok probably more than I should because I expect these people to have all the answers when it's like, oh, you're just some random like 20-year-old in Georgia. But it actually (laughs) helps me because someone talked about having um, a care plan and basically – from you rank your mood from a scale of one to 10, one being like, oh, I'm feeling okay today, 10 being like, or sorry, 10 being like, I'm feeling great today, one being like, I need to get professional help as soon as possible. And you name all the people that you should 
contact to help you with your tasks throughout the day. So like the nine might be your mom, the eight might be, or the three might be like one friend from college or something. Um, I think that it's a good idea to have that at work too, to mm-hmm. be able to reach out to someone. And, you know, if I had Shannon on my list as like my number four or something, I could say, would you be able to help me lighten the load a little bit? So bringing these personal tips and kind of transferring them into your professional life is crucial. Absolutely. And like speaking outside of sort of the work culture, the the direction of consumerism is being led by Gen Z currently and Gen Alpha is, is not far behind. But when you look at like Gen Z and how they prioritize things, like there is really no option to sort of hide all of this stuff behind a veil anymore just because Gen Z is so deeply attuned to a company's core values to the point where they set their buying trends according to that. So one of our reporters, Mez Ambitu, recently did a really great um, look at a Spotify report about just this. It's titled Spotify Report Shows Mental Health Takes Precedence for Gen Z. And the report found that 73% of Gen Z um, tend to prioritize mental health and you know look towards audio and brands to sort of align with that. So when it comes to really bringing mental health and the need to accommodate to the forefront, it's not just a matter of you know, making sure that everything internally is going well. The end product tends to reflect those values. So it, it just behooves businesses, brands, um, agencies, even though they're a little bit more removed from the consumer side, but still it just behooves everyone to take a look internally at what their sort of mental health resources and practices are. And that way, when it does come time to making creative that speaks to that, it comes across more authentically. And, you know, from there, that attracts consumers. Consumers spread these experiences um, outwardly. And, you know, you build customer loyalty by being the brand that aligns with those very, very important values and making sure that you are authentically meeting those needs and not just speaking up during Mental Health Awareness Month or what have you. So, yeah, it's just an all-around good idea to make sure that you are keeping up with the need for better better mental health awareness. And I know that that's difficult now because there are so many factors that greatly impact that, like job insecurity and a recession and this sort of threat of layoffs. But it's important that mental health is incorporated in all of those shifts as well to make sure that you're taking care of the people that are around and taking care of the people that you also have to let go in sort of the these times. So, yeah, just a good idea all around, folks. Emmy, did you have any other insight or closing remarks for us? I know that this is super insightful already, but is there are there any is there one good gem that you could leave everyone before we head off? Um, I think if you are in a position of power, you need to 
make sure that you are speaking up and talking about how you manage your mental health. That is the most crucial thing that I think you can give your organization. Um, I know that we stress that a lot, but I don't think I could stress it enough. And when your friend is dealing with, if you have a friend that's dealing with depression, don't expect too much too quickly and be patient in your expectation that they'll internalize your advice because sometimes it's the last thing that someone wants to do is take advice and and get outside and do the things that will help them because sometimes they don't even want to help themselves. So I think that patience aspect is really crucial when helping a friend. Agreed. Well, I'm so appreciative that you were able to take time out of your super busy schedule to hang out with me and lose today. And um, yeah, I think you can kind of go home knowing that, yes, you are a <laughs> fan favorite. And I encourage all um, Emmy-related behaviors, <laughs> including calling our beloved <laughs> colleagues interns. As I said, nor- normalize calling people that are much higher up on the totem pole than you, your intern, because it'll make you feel great. So Al, the intern. Gen Z leading the way. Thank you so much, Emmy. <laughs> Just, Thank you. Just want to note that Emmy's beliefs are individual. <laughs> I do not represent however. the other people. <laughs> so, <laughs> and Shannon's like, I don't want to be held responsible for the person that makes us sound good. So. <laughs> Thank you so much, Emmy. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and ACAST Creator Network. This podcast was produced by me, Al Manorino, executive produced by Chris Ahrens and John Heil, and edited by Lane McGivney at Boutwell Studios. You can listen and subscribe to all of Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcast. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com. Thanks for listening. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan.